sandwiches. Stealing my line. Stealing your line. How is everyone? Sitting in my seat. Enjoying the hellish temperatures if you're in the UK. And they're actually really pleasant today. Today, this it's is Friday, a sweet by the way. 25 degrees. This is, this is Friday. As it stands, we're looking at 40 degree temperatures next week. Yeah, what? and that's what 100 degrees Fahrenheit, isn't it? 104 yeah. Fahrenheit. As, as went viral on social media this week, there was a, a post, I think, of someone saying how, uh, you know, that Americans and others need to stop having a go at British people when they complain about the temperature because our country is not set up for that kind of temperature. Our houses are designed to keep the heat in. Yeah. We don't have aircon, which I know I keep going on about, but I, I hate to hate this weather. I can't. Oh, re- that's so mean. Well, I, I like this weather today. I don't like it when it gets stinking hot. And when I say stinking, I mean stinking, Paul. Do you know why? Because some dead, a- some animal decided, some dead animal decided to, to die. die. <laughs> some animal decided to die right in front of our window yeah. and start decomposing. And I couldn't find it because it was hidden under leaves or something like that. So well, we, we none had, of us could find it, by the way. I wasn't just sending you out there to find it. I was rooting around in that bush as well. Yeah, so we had three days of utter stench on top of heat. On top of hellish heat. But the plus side was the hellish heat did decompose the dead animal's body pretty quickly, so the stench disappeared. And that, everyone, is how you kick off a Marillion podcast <laughs> by talking about the decomposing animal in our bush. <laughs> At least I didn't say insanious. No, cut and delete. <laughs> I'm not amused by that kind of humour, Mr Rose. So, uh, as you know, we're going to be talking about somewhere else this week. We are. And next week. We were actually, we did, before we started, we did think we'd probably be able to get through the whole album this week. But we were running out of time, so we said we'll split it into two. Yeah. Which I think is better. Because we've Let's... got other bits to talk about well, as well. indeed we do. So, the news, the news, the news is Meridian Weekends 2023. We know what's happening. And I have to say, it's made me feel a little bit sad. Sad? Why? Okay, I just have to preface this by saying the news has just come in and I haven't read it yet, apart from what our friend Chogs sent to us on the group. So, I don't know the full details. Well, okay, so Port Zealand's happening. We know that. Which will be the traditional three nights, well, four nights, but three nights of gigs. Yeah, okay. Whether we can afford to go to that at the moment is unlikely, but if you would like to support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Mr Biffo, or better yet, better yet, if you'd like to kind of, I don't know, sponsor us to go so we can (laughs) cover the the Port Zealand show. Hey, if Mark Kelly's listening, who's actually started following the podcast on... uh, (laughs) <laughs> on Facebook. Mark, wait, hey, we'd be part of the crew. We don't care. <laughs> you can't say that, Paul. That was that was a funny moment, wasn't it? Yeah. When we saw, oh, you at quarter past 11 or whatever it was last night. Oh, Mark Kelly's followed you. <laughs> oh, great. So, Port Zealand's happening. There are several other Marillion weekends happening. However, going forwards, Marillion are only now doing, apart from Port Zealand, Two night Meridian weekends. But there seem to be more than the usual amount. Is, is that right? No. <laughs> oh. It's about the same amount. Well, they've said they're doing. There's more than there were this year. They're doing Germany, Italy, Leicester, North America, and one other location which they haven't announced. Oh, imagine if it's Australia. Mm. This is their first. Um, is it their first German and Italian th- yeah. weekends? I think they are. I think so. I want to know where in Germany, because my brother lives in Germany. It's unlikely to be Australia, by the way. Yeah, they, I know. They have but enough we fans can, down We there. can just hope. Well, we're not going there, so okay, <laughs> well, well, I'd love to go to, to go to the place of my wife's upbringing. Yeah. Not birth. I've been to where you were born. You have. Lucky you. That cave. <laughs> <laughs> that cave you were born in. <laughs> I came from a primordial egg, thank you very yeah, much. Like monkey. Yeah. <laughs> monkey magic. Wasn't he born in an, yeah, an egg? Yeah. Yeah. Monkey magic. On a mountain top. No, that's the wrong story. There's a whole swathe of our audience who don't know what we're talking about. Go look up monkey magic, then, then you'll He's know. He's the best. So, uh, so yeah, the, the reason for the, the two-night weekends is, well, as we know this year, various members of the band struggled health-wise. And as 
as they said in their announcement, they're not getting any younger. They need to make the change to keep up the high standard they've set for themselves. And a bit three-night commitment is a big ask for some of you too. So hopefully by only playing two nights, more people will be able to join us at the upcoming weekends around the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's... But it's that's, sad. Why is it sad? Well, because it means we're all getting older. Oh, yeah. But it's true, though. Yeah, you know, it... it I have, I I mean, I know we were coming down with something at the Leicester weekend, but I struggled. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Apart from the first two nights. Yeah, and it also means... Actually, having... I didn't struggle in the in the evenings. I just struggled during the day. Yeah, but now we don't have to struggle. We can absolutely cane it on the Friday <laughs> and Saturday. <laughs> Go all out. And then just sleep all of Sunday. Yeah, I think, uh, you yeah, know, this is going to happen, let's face it. The band are all in their 60s. Yeah, Ian's 104. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they can't keep going forever. It's the passage of time, isn't it? All good things come to an end or wind down or, you know, whatever. Mm. And I've got, you know, we in our life have uh, a few other things that feel like they're winding down or coming to an end. And so it's just another thing at the moment. Mm. It feels like life my life our life is sort of in a kind of transitional phase moving into another part of it mm, yeah yeah we've had yeah we've had three night meridian weekends now for over 20 years um but there was always going to come this day where the mm. band couldn't perhaps keep that going another, i guess for people who are going yeah. to port zealand they're not they probably won't notice a difference because it is going to be Three nights still. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I suppose as well, it's it's what they say in the uh, in the post about, you know, acknowledging the audience is ageing as well. Yeah. There's a lot of grey hair now at Meridian Weekends and there's a lot of shiny pink heads. Right, should we move on to somewhere else? I think that's it for the news. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. I thought you had lots of news. Well, that is that's big news. That is big. That is big news. So, if you could, where where would you? Which Marillion weekend would you choose to go? Well, to? obviously the three night one. The three night one. If we could afford. Okay, it. if you could go to a second one, if you could only go to two, one of them being Port Zealand, which would be the other one that you could go to? Well, we don't know would if uh, we don't know where Germany. Or Italy are holding theirs. Oh, has it, does it not say? No. Oh, North America, interesting, they're not saying Montreal. They're saying North America. Oh. I just wonder if it's going to be somewhere different. What's the mystery location? I'd go to North America, obviously, because we, we owe America another trip. Oh, we always owe America another trip. So if someone would like to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it in the vain hope. Um... I'd like to go to Italy. Yeah, well, okay. and I'd go you to live Germany there. To you lived in Italy for years. Yeah, but I haven't been there for ages. I want to go back also, and taste what, the nice food. What's ridiculous about you in Italy is the fact that you're a fluent Italian speaker. And we go there, and you're too scared to speak Italian. Yeah, because my Italian's terrible. Okay, well, it's better than mine, but we are able to get by with it. I do speak it if I have to. If you have to, you, yeah. you're going to mutter like. Yeah, because gra- like, it's grazie. really confusing. Is it's it gra- grazie? Grazie. Grazie. Well, let our listeners tell you if it's grazie or grazie. No, you tell me. You're the no, fluent. I'm Italian not speaker. fluent. Rubbish. But speaking it is another matter. <sighs> right, let's move on. Let's move into somewhere else. I'm going to read you a quote from. Uh, Mike Hunter, the producer of Meridian Summer Else. If you haven't heard last week's episode, go and listen to that, which gives you a bit of background to the album. This is from the web magazine, March 2008. So this was the year after the album came out. Mike Hunter is asked, do you take criticisms of the album personally? And he says, very much so. There isn't any other way to take it, really. I've got very thin skin and only ever remember the negative things. The rise of the internet forum means that whereas in the past, if your record got panned, it was by six or seven papers and mags. Now you can have hundreds of people telling you how shit they think it is over a longer period of time. 
it makes a miserable bastard like me all the more miserable. Oh, that's sad. He's done something that 99% of people on this earth haven't done, which is produce an album. Produced a lot of albums. Well, oh yeah, sorry, I was, yeah, talking about somewhere else. Past tense. Yeah. That takes such skill and artistry and especially the way that Marillion albums are created where the producer is just as much part of the band because he's taking these pieces of individual music from jam sessions and then curating them into a song and and, and curating an album and bringing a theme together and everything like that. And it's like not many people on this planet can do that. No. So that in itself deserves commendation and praise, like just bottom line to be able to do that. But then to be able to create something that actually sounds amazing and that many people do love and enjoy listening to over and over again, that's like extra special. Of course, in a, on a planet of 7 billion or 8 billion or however many overpopulated people Don't worry about got, being accurate. <laughs> <laughs> there is going to be that vocal minority who complains. What you create is never going to be universally, universally loved by everyone. And it's sad that those vocal negative opinions can make someone who's put so much heart and soul into their work feel so dejected well yeah he there's another interview from um around the time that the somewhere in london dvd came out it's one of the best marillion dvds that that show i think i was there actually it was great set list great performances brilliantly shot and mike hunter mixed it uh and he said in the interviews another web mag one I, i would reach for it but it's underneath our sound recorder and it means leaning forwards and I might start sweating if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he said in that that it, it, he was glad to have that chance to go back and mix those songs because he thinks they stand up better on you know that th- that performance and that it sort of shows that there's some great songs on that album. And having the opportunity to do that, he said, help counter some of the the sour feeling mm-hmm. that was left in his mouth after what happened with somewhere else. And it, it comes back to what we were talking about last week. You know, having gone and looked, there's tons of positive stuff out there about the album. But at the time, that bloody toxic Marillion Forum. And what happens with, you know, I, I back in, I suppose back around that time, I had a forum of my own and I had some trouble with people on it. And, you know, with hindsight, once you're out, out of that sort of kind of crucible of fire or whatever and get a bit of perspective, I'm able to kind of realise, wow, that was like four people. And there were loads of people mm. on there who were lovely. Just four loud people. Four troublemakers. But you don't necessarily notice the names. You know, when you just see the post, you just see the, the opinions. You don't sort of go attribute them all to sort of just one person. Do you know? Do you know right, yeah. You know, you yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, it's just what you see is the mass of comments, yeah. the mass of negativity, you know, rather than kind of going, oh, that's just four people. Yeah, and you're not seeing the big picture in context, like that's four people out of how many thousands? Exactly. But I think what so happened... So percentage-wise, they're not the majority. No. But what clearly happened, there was there were some people on, on that forum... Mike went on there. You just don't do that. And I speak from experience here. You know, I did make you know, another uh, podcast. Our friends who do the podcast Cheap Show. I was on that not so long ago, and I made the mistake of looking at their Reddit, and I saw someone on there say, uh, "Yeah, it was a special, and there were a bunch of guests, and someone sort of say, oh, I can't stand Mr. Biffo.'" That's me, by the way. For those of you who don't know, I can't stand Mr. Biffo, but everyone else was great. Uh, and it did upset me. Yeah, you don't um, need to see that. You know, so, and, and I kick myself because I, I'm so good generally at not looking at those sort of things. Mm. Um, yeah, we're really lucky with our podcast and YouTube and stuff in that generally people are nice. I do see the comments there because it's important to have that interaction to build your audience, but I don't go looking on like Reddit or yeah. anywhere else for stuff because in the past, you know, I, I know how the negativity can get distorted and inflated mm. in our brains. 
Yeah, and um, our brains latch on to the negativity because that's yeah. what, you know, historically has kept us safe. But it was back then, 2007, 2008, that was, it was still relatively fresh, the idea of sort of trolling and yes. you know, cyberbullying and all of that. Yeah. It was still fairly new. And it's interesting that sort of Mike Hunter had that experience and so did I at the time, mm. literally then. And uh, what I think has happened is that Mike saw that stuff and got very dejected and down about it. And I think that fed back through to the band. So the band have, have consequently kind of gone on to have a, a bit of a sort of downer on the album. Mm. And this is despite the fact that, that all the interviews in the run up to it are talking about how excited they are. They think it's going to be a great album, blah, blah, blah. And, and afterwards oh, now. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I wonder if you spoke to them now what their opinions of the album would be. Like now that a, a good few years have passed, the loud-mouthed opinions have kind of disintegrated into the sounds of memory or whatever. The sounds of memory. That's the sounds of memory. Oh, the sounds of memory still like, sounds like a fish era title. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am a ninja poet, Paul. Joking, yeah. joking. A ninja poet. Well, it can't be a warrior poet because that's taken. Oh. Um, so, joking. Yeah, I wonder if now, if they ever listen back to the album, whether they're like, actually, I really love it. Mm. Yeah, I, and they should, but I don't know if they ever listen to it back, unless they have to, because they got to learn some songs. Yeah. But uh, what I think, and I'm going to say, I think Mike Hunter's a genius. You only have to listen to any of the albums since to see that you mm. only have to listen to an hour before it's dark to kind of go this man is a genius and the band yeah rightly quit credit him as the sixth member of marillion yeah it's not only producing but he he p performs bits because he's a musician as well oh that's right doesn't he get credited as or credit himself as i can't remember sound? yeah it was oh, something like I that remember. i think he just basically they can't even remember what he does because he just adds bits to it when they're not in the studio yeah <laughs> yeah he's an artist he's an artist and it's something that i want to talk about in relation to the songs that we're going to discuss today since he uh started producing and since the obviously the the way that they work with him where he catalogues everything and then we'll put piece things together and go what about this mm. there's there's and i've said this before there's a real and, and I'm struggling to put it into words because I'm not a musician, so I don't have the the correct kind of terminology or vernacular for it. But with Mike Hunter's production or arrangements or whatever, there's a real interesting melodic structure to some of them. And I mean interesting, as in they do unusual things. And there's some... It, it's on this album that it starts for me. Uh, and I'll try and point out where I sort of hear it, and then yeah. it go, kind of going forwards into um, in, into happiness is the road, and then sounds that can't be made, fear, and onwards. He brought new he brought new sounds to Marillion, but but yeah, and I, I want to obviously give the band credit as well for pushing themselves forwards because you know they they produce the raw materials in the first place that Mike. Oh yeah, takes. absolutely, yeah. So, you know, it's a, a lot team of it, effort. Yeah, a lot of it is clearly them. But he does something really interesting with the band. Uh I think I think, you know, starting with this album, well, you might as well start. Um The Other Half. I don't know. It it the songs I find really surprising sometimes, even though on one level the other half seems like kind of kind of straightforward pop rock song, for want of a better word. Mm. I, I wish I knew what I meant. I know what I mean, but I wish I could. I think I, could... I know what you mean. Like sometimes the music can take an unexpected turn or there's like an unexpected little layer added in that or you, only, you only musical. pick up on if you're like listening to it again. Things that come to mind, Essence is another one. Jeez. Um, oh, the start of the levers. I, I and I don't know if there's something that links all those and I, I'm not enough of a musician to mm. know whether it's time signatures or or just the way the chords are structured or what but he's a really surprising producer but before we get to that i just i just want to read out there's a couple because obviously the thing that, that this album got a lot of stick for was the production which is why mike took it so personally mm. uh but, but I just, didn't you say the production was 
It was a deliberate it choice. It was deliberate, yeah. Yeah, trying to go for sounds that, that were deliberately more live sounding, more raw. Uh, and Mark Kelly said at the time, uh, he described it as more direct and more straightforward. He said it wasn't intentional to do that, but we did try to do try to do something different compared to the previous album. Yeah, I'd agree. It is definitely more direct and more straightforward. He describes it as musically more accessible. H says, I think Mike's approach to vocals or to the recording of the vocals and the mixing of the vocals has made my voice sound a lot drier on this record than I'm used to hearing. Comparably, Dave, that's Dave Megan, loves his echoes and reverbs and spins. And I think that makes for a great atmosphere, which is good, but it's a trade-off between having the atmosphere and sonic clarity and a sense of closeness. I think Mike's really brought a sense of closeness to this record. That's the one thing that really strikes me is that the whole band really feels nearer to you. Oh, that's a really interesting way of describing it. Yeah, I see what he means. I see what he means. Rothers describes it as... Uh, as you... se- se- well, Sorry. Rothers no, describes it... <laughs> Fucking hell. You'll just carry on interrupting every time I start. <laughs> Rothers said, we sound more like a live band performing in a room. Dave Meegan's approach was a lot more sort of to build up lots of layers and textures. Pete said... What Mike wanted to try and stress to us was that we should try to play as live as possible and just capture the essence of what we do well. And Rothers also said, there's a lot less overdubs on this album and a lot less editing. Like on the drum tracks, it's a lot more of a band performance than anything we've done in a long time. Which is really interesting because obviously going forwards, there's a lot of overdubs with the the work that Mike's done since with them. But I wonder if that's him sort of... Not overcompensating, but kind of going, okay, I'll do the opposite to what I did. All right, on this else. is what you want, right? Fine, I'll just go completely over the top of it. We'll get a choir in. We'll get some. We'll get an orchestra in. All right, is that what you want? Is that? Is, yeah, is it? but it is what people want because they're all like, yeah. whoa, yeah. yeah. We don't want the band really close. Let's so just like kind of keep, 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 you know, keep over the other side of the room, please, Marillion. There's that big echoey room. Just stay over there. The big echoey room that Add more in. echo. Add yeah. more echo. <laughs> Someone close the windows so it echoes more. <laughs> A quick rip down those curtains. We need a nice kind of echoey sound. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so shall we move on then properly to the other half? Yes. Okay. Let's go. Would you want to say anything about it? Um, because of everything you've just said now, the production choices uh, I, and, and the quote that you said from Mark Kelly, I think underlines what I'm about to say. It is more, the music is more direct and it is more accessible. But because of that, because there are fewer layers, because there is a lot less reverb and everything. I don't have as much to say about no, the music. And neither do I, which is why we thought we were going to get through this in one episode. Yeah, I really struggled to to find a lot of varied things to say, and particularly for the other half. It's quite punchy. It's and it's, I'm just talking musically. It's quite punchy, it's quite inoffensive. Um very rhythmic. Bit 60-ish and 60s-ish and psychedelic in places. I like <laughs> Rother's guitar solo that comes towards the end. I love the quiet piano bit with the electric guitar over it a bit less. Yeah, but ca- I don't ca- I don't have a I don't have a ton to say about the music. Actually, why you've just mentioned Rother's guitar, I don't love his guitar sound on this album. I'm saying I it. like the sound at the end. There's there's bits where it sounds like Rothers, there are other times when he's clearly trying new sounds and trying new things. I don't always love Rothers on this album. That's despite actually loving a lot of the songs. Yeah, and yeah, I want to say this as well. I do love the songs. I do find the album very accessible and I would happily listen to this album mm. anytime. I really enjoy the album. I might prefer like the more echoey, reverby oh, sounds. Oh, I do. I do. There's no shame in that. More modern albums. I, there's no shame But that doesn't mean that. I don't enjoy this album. Would If this album was like remixed and with like tons of reverb and atmosphere and layers added into it, it would probably be one of my favourite albums. And I think that's because okay the lyrics, to say. Absolutely love the lyrics and the songs, love the, the core melody of each song. I would probably have enjoyed it had it had more drama added into the music, mm. more layers, more atmosphere. 
yeah, sorry, Mike Hunter. But I do, well, look, but I do okay. actually like the album. I do love the songs. I love the songs, and I think there's some great Apart songwriting. Bar one song. Bar one song. We know what that is. We love. The, I love the song that we. I love the songwriting. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some yes. brilliant songs on here. I yes. There's great performances. Yeah. Some of the songs sound really different and interesting. See, yes. like a baby's a good one. Yeah. Um, the other half again. It sounds. The other half does sound like Marillion to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does, and I do love the other half. I do enjoy it. But I do miss that lushness and I do miss Rothers and his emotive guitar. He's using the guitar in a different way for most of this album mm. and it's not a sound that I love from him. That's partly because I've been spoiled because, you know, I've loved what Rothers has sort of done up till now and on Marbles, that, that classic sort of Rothers, Gilmore-esque thing was, was writ large. Yeah. Uh, and we don't get it on this album. Something like as sublime as those sort of moments in Ocean Cloud where the guitar is sort of used as texture. Yeah. There's none of that here. And that's yeah. okay. And yeah, it's o- yeah, exactly. It's okay because this is just like personal taste. And but, I think well, yeah. I think it is probably to most Marillion fans' taste because that's what we fell in love with. Mm. So it's okay. It's okay to say that. And but it's equally. But I don't want to say that I didn't. I don't like this song. Or I don't like that because that. I do. I really like the other half. Yeah, I I, really me do. too. I me think too. It's a great little pop song. Yeah, with a great. Little... But for me as well, a lot of it is it's the lyrics and the theme of it make it for me. Mm. But you know, it's also it's okay that the band wanted to try something different. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Poor Mike Hunter. That. You know, he he had to follow up Dave Megan, who is generally sort of seen as Marillion's best producer. Yeah, I know. Good uh, luck to him. So maybe he wanted to do something completely different to Dave Megan to yes, stand but out. That is also what sort of backfired, at least in terms of the album's enduring reputation. So anyway, the, so yes, I haven't got a lot to say musically. Oh, okay, phew. I think I think um, something as well that that's really clear on a lot of these songs. I'm just going to repeat myself because a lot of them sound similar not necessarily like in terms of the songwriting but in terms of the kind of quality of the sounds and the the production is the sort of is the rhythmic uh the drumming yes yes i noticed the drums really that ian's playing really stands out on this album again a bit like rothers he's doing something very different it sounds like uh he's playing in a i don't know a little club as opposed to a stadium yeah so those drums are often like right to the forefront that's true those drums are sort of like really kind of in your ears uh, and and stand out. And I mean, this, you know, they're, they're, they're all doing good stuff, but I just, you know, there's not a lot to say other than it's a nice little pop song. It's a love song. Yeah. yeah. And it is. Apparently it was written for Lynetta. Sorry. I meant to sir. try and guess what it's about. Oh, go on. Guess what it's about, Sonia. <laughs> Because, like, if you tell me what it's about, then it's like, well... Sorry, um, it's been so long me, since we've done one of these. What's the point of me even writing notes if you're just going to tell me what it's about? Off you go. This is how I interpreted it. To me, it was a song about someone hitting rock bottom, but that ultimately being the best thing that ever happened to them. Mm. So this person was going... Well, H. I don't know if he was writing about himself or if it was he was just writing about a person he'd been going along on his path red flags had been shining no flags don't shine red flags <laughs> <laughs> shiny flag you've got there <laughs> he'd been going along this path red flags of warning had been sorry right, I hit right yeah I, I accidentally punched a vase yes we're <laughs> <laughs> just stretching out so he'd been going along this path. Jesus. Red flags, like huge red flags had been warning him that he was heading in the wrong direction. He, as he says, there was an air full of signs and strange magic and the planets were aligned in warning. Mm. But he didn't heed these warnings of all the, the omens on his path and he ended up falling and hitting rock bottom. But instead of hitting rock bottom, this is where I think it gets interesting. Instead of just hitting rock bottom and bouncing back up, he hit rock bottom and crashed through it, crashed through that trap door. And it, it became kind of the visuals that the song gave me at that point became quite surreal because as he crashed through, down, through that trap door, up became down, down became up. And it was almost like he entered another dimension and his falling, even though it was terrifying, ended 
up as he was falling he was rising so in the end the falling was the best thing that could have happened to him so he says and I'm falling but I'm rising downwards into blue sky and I just thought that's just so, they're such beautiful lyrics I love them yeah they're some my, of his best love song lyrics yeah for me. my god I have learned and I am learning but I'm rising it's such a powerful description of hitting the lowest of the low crashing endings of being so isolated and removed as if you're in outer space but then being brought back into connection through that falling, through... You know, it's interesting that he chose the word falling because falling can mean so many different things. So you can, like, falling can be painful. You fall and hurt yourself, falling into a crisis. But it, it can also be falling in love, something blissful. Mm. So I, I just, I love that he he chose that particular word to describe it. Well, it's it, falling it is, but rising simultaneously. Yeah, I know. Into blue sky, downwards into blue Down, sky. I love so the word So from the play. darkness, from the up, you're up above in the darkness, which I'll get to in another song. I don't want to go into it here. Down into the light. And it's like the lyrics in this song take the phrase when one door closes, another one opens and, and turn it into a painting. It's like a painting of how each death is actually a rebirth. And... Both death and rebirth can both be painful and chaotic. They're cosmic events. And yet that cosmic chaos contains such magic and mystery at the same time. Yeah, I think so it, it, it's, it's it, everything you said. I'm taking it personally because, as you said in the introduction to this podcast, we're kind of going through a transition in our lives at the moment and it does feel like a lot of energetic deaths happening. Or as, as um, someone that I follow, their work, she calls it a shamanic death mm. or an ego death. So everything that you thought you were comes crashing to an end. Your persona starts shattering mm. and it's like you're in a space of darkness and you don't know what's going to come next. Yeah. But within that shamanic death is the seed of, is the seed of a rebirth and a, the beginning of a new life. And at least in this song for H, it seems that he found a sense of fulfillment and completeness because that ending that the, those beautiful lyrics at the end where he say, when he says, I'm with you all the time now. One soul, one mind, one heart. The other half cannot be parted from the other half. I thought this would be a great song to play at a wedding. You yeah, know, absolutely. He starts off the song alone, removed, remote, and through that... Apologies for the plane, by the way. That's not a special effect. <laughs> yeah, the plane is... No, don't fall plane, please. I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, through that crashing and falling and, and the shamanic death, he is able to leave that place of remoteness and separateness and loneliness and pain and find a connection and a wholeness and a fulfillment. I just think it's really beautiful. And I wish we'd played that at our wedding. We didn't. We played Grendel. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we did Grendel. A song about monster. <laughs> <laughs> 20 hey, minutes. Not unfortunately. Uh, no, I love Grendel. Awesome. Yeah, I hear everything you say. By the way, given that you said I haven't got much to say about any of the songs on this album, you know, you probably talk more about this simple love song than you did about, I don't know, Invisible Man or something. <laughs> we did a whole episode on Invisible Man. Anyway. No, I, I said I, I didn't right. have a lot to say about the music. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I for me, the 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 key line I love it all and I love the whole I'm falling but I'm rising downwards into blue sky I know it, brilliantly the way he sort of juxtaposing kind of opposing it's like ideas. That, you know that that picture where it's a really famous picture and it's like these steps that are going up and down at the same time oh. all the way around and there's like no beginning and end to this stairway yeah do you know which picture I'm talking about yeah. is it Escher uh, M C Escher yeah. yeah, I don't know yeah, the name. But, but he, yeah. the, the, the line trapdoor sprung beneath me, it, it harkened back to I have lost the earth, but I found the stars on. Um, oh, remember that? Yeah, on I just only got goosebumps. Only unforgivable thing. Yes. Um, you know, the ground going out from underneath you and you you're losing, you know, what rooted you. But yet within that, you're, there's a freedom to falling through blue sky. The part that really stands out to me, which I think is almost like a conclusion to a lot of other themes that he's sung about is the I won't lie to you or hurt you I'm not like that anymore I know 
I know. There's a sadness in that and a regret. There's so much in those two lines. Yeah, I I know. Please trust me. Please trust me. Yeah. Wow. Wow, he's such a good lyricist. And this is a song that no one ever talks about. And when he sings those lines, it's like, I really believe him. Yeah, me too. He's not some, it's not like he's, he's not someone that's just saying, I'm sorry, I'll never do that again but then continues to act in the same way. It's like when he sings that, I really believe him. There's so much baked into this song in terms of meaning. And as I say, it's a shame that it's a song that just gets overlooked because it's one of their best love songs. Absolutely. And it's got a lovely melody. It does. (laughs) Yeah, the two parts. It's sort of a two parts to the song. It sort of shifts halfway through. Yeah. You know, anyway. Should we move on to see it like a baby? Yeah, sure. I've got to say this now. I haven't got a lot to say lyrically about this because I don't think there's a lot to it. I think it's quite straightforward lyrically, yeah. isn't it? This was the single, by the way. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Which um, was the download single, which I think, I don't know, what did it get to? Is uh, it number 45 in the charts? Oh, I should say. Oh, wait, say. wait. You were going to tell me that this song was written for Lynetta and I didn't... Oh, yeah. The didn't... previous song was written for Lynetta. There you go. Oh, is that all you were going to say? I thought you were going to say more. No. Well, I can say more because this album... There's a couple of things going on with this album in terms of sort of themes and, and music. Some of it we talked about last week, which is the the sort of global outlook that H's priorities were shifting slightly in terms of that he had the space to start looking at the world more and feel he could use his platform to help. But on top of that, you know, this is the album that came after he'd split with his wife, uh, Sue Dizzy Spell. You know, and in that time, because, you know, it's a three-year gap, but also in that time he met Lynetta. So you, it, it's an album of sort of endings and, and rebirth. Oh, which fits perfectly yeah. with the first song. It's an album about the end of a relationship, but the start of a new one. But also within, I think, the freedoms to sort of start thinking of other things, you know, that came as a result of getting out of what I'm assuming was a marriage that wasn't entirely happy for him. I just want to say, sorry, before we jump on a See It Like a Baby, which which I think it got to number 45, apologies. But the album um, itself was their highest charting album since, I believe, Afraid of Sunlight, because I think it was chart eligible because they didn't do the pre-order. They hadn't had a chart eligible album for a while. Oh, it, do you think that's why they didn't do a pre-order? Maybe, yeah. Or part of the reason why. It got to number 24 in the in the UK wow, chart, which is good. okay. See It Like a Baby, which was only downloaded, of course, got to number 45. The second single, Thank You, Whoever You Are, got to number 15 in the UK charts. That's not bad, That's is it? That's brilliant. Because that was released as a physical single with two great B-sides. And I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Just saying. Don't come at me, because you'll regret it. Yeah, so anyway, so See It Like a Baby. I remember going on that horrible, toxic forum and defending See It Like a Baby because they'd already started on it people saying they didn't like it oh really uh, what were they complaining about i didn't like it oh i have to say uh for me it sounds you probably are not familiar with the guy but ian brown who used to be in stone roses it reminds me of some of his solo stuff which i thought was interesting because ian brown's guitarist as is abraham was h's tour guitarist for the h band you know and he also played with uh, stone roses and co-wrote some of ian brown's uh, solo stuff but that's always been what the what the song reminds me of is is some of Ian Brown's solo stuff because it's got a sort of skittering kind of rhythm with the drums. Um, mm. y- you know, it it shuffles along. Um, yeah, well, and it sounds sure. very modern to me, or modern sure. to two thousand and seven. Is it actual drums? Because I wasn't sure if it was a drum machine because it was going so fast. <laughs> uh, I was like, I was like, it's either it's either Ian or Ian on speed or it's a drum machine. It, it is Ian, I think. It sounds like, again, he's doing something very different. Yeah. And I like the little keyboard moments that are in the, the sort of little oh, keyboard line. Oh, I love line. it, yeah. The, the spacey, uh, twinkly keyboard sounds. Everything sounds quite loose. Yeah. It's a very loose-sounding song. Yeah. Uh, uh, great I, bass. I, I, yeah, <laughs> well, I was actually I was about to say the same thing. I like the juxtaposition of the slow, rhythmic bass against the kind of super-fast drumming. Yes. Yes. But that added a, a, quite a unique atmosphere. And for me, I, I, I mean, you know, for me, the what's letting the side down slightly is what Rothers is doing with the guitar, which is fine, but mm. it's not. It doesn't sound it's like not Rothers to your personal to me. taste. No, I can't help it. Um, I, I said, 
I love the mellow guitar. Was it mellow? It's quite it's mellow. The mellow? whole song's got a kind of quite laid back vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, apart from the drums. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I like Rother's guitar in it. Yeah, it's fine. I did say I'd be interested to see how different the song would be without that fast drumming. Just curious to see if it changed. Well, what do you mean by that? The energy of it. What? What? Why do you not like it? I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said I'd be curious <laughs> to see what it would sound like. But I think for me that the, the the drums and the way the drums sit in there are what make the song. I think you take those drums out or you change them and the song isn't what it is. It's all about the rhythm section here for me. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I believe, I'm not entirely sure, but I think around this time, not only had H met Lynetta, but um, had accidentally had a baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he was a new father, I believe. Oh, I think. maybe that inspired the lyrics. Yeah. See that makes sense. A baby. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Who'd wish this world on any child? But Yeah, but I think that's the whole point of what the song is saying. If Maybe if more of us approached our lives and the world with that kind of fresh, clean perspective of a child wiped away our prejudices maybe the world would actually be nicer and then you would mm. wish this world upon a child yes well yeah i mean i was more thinking about you know global warming and oh yeah well, <laughs> what the, what the, that the truth it's weird because we um as we talked about last week there's a poll on the meridian fans group which sanya has been denied access to joining <laughs> yeah they don't want me so you you try you That's answered so all the sad. questions and then you didn't yeah. get i think you need I to mean, try I'm not again i'm very good at answering those questions i never know what to write sanya why would they have denied you access unless it's because of Biampo, but why would you be denied <laughs> access to meridian and fans i don't know you tell me they, why they denied they let it. any old rotter in there not not me they let anyone in that they didn't group. let me in and i know it was denied because i applied and then I checked back later that day and it was still pending. And then I checked yesterday because I forgot about it. Do it again. Because I don't look on Facebook I'll that answer often. your questions for and you. Then, well, you did tell me what to write for one of them. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they could smell a rat. Because like it was like, why do you want like to join this group? <laughs> remember, remember. Why, why do you want to join this group? And I wanted to write so I can vote in the poll. <laughs> but I didn't write that. Because I thought, oh, they'll definitely deny it if that's what I write. You didn't hear my reference to our dead animal in the bush. Oh, what did you say? I said maybe they could smell a rat like we could. Oh, maybe, yeah. They're like not letting this stinker in. Anyway. Um, it's not like I'm even going to comment on anything in there. Anyway. I only, that... I only participate in two groups on Facebook. Far-right politics. No. And... <laughs> <laughs> no. And I'm not going to say what I was about to say. What were you going to say? A no, you're obsessed with b at the moment. <laughs> I don't think I am. Well, the last episode, all the bleep, beep, censored bits, the I, beeped out I bits. Didn't, I don't know what I said. Uh, so something anyway. to do with a b What? <laughs> Bleeping that, they won't know what you said. Um, <laughs> so as I was saying about the poll. See it like the like a baby. I think got something like six votes out of the nineteen thousand. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that on and your Facebook last night. It's not bad. It's fine. Yeah. But again, it's another song that that unfortunately I think has been dragged down by the album's reputation. It's all right. I mean, okay, is it is it what I want for Marillion? No. But is it a bad song in and of itself? No. no. And they're trying something different with it, and it it doesn't. You know, it does sound a bit like Ian Brown, but it doesn't really sound like anyone else. Uh, so, yeah. Do you want to talk about the lyrics? Because I, I, I don't know if I've got anything to say about the lyrics. No, there, th there's only about five lyrics in I've there. I've said, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've said what I wanted to say about the lyrics, just about, you know, clearing your preconceptions, coming to things with fresh new eyes, yeah. seeing and experiencing them like new. I love that as a sentiment. It's, it's like... You know, live in the present, be present in the present moment and everything can seem fresh and new. I try and do that in life. Don't always succeed, but mm. it it does add a, a certain element of magic to life. If you can be present, you know, people that you have in your life that maybe you've had a history with, try seeing them, like wipe away that the memory of that history. Try seeing them as they are now mm. and relating to them in that way. There's a lot that you can gain from 
that approach. I, I try to see everything like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> like a jaded, cynical old man. Uh, should we move on to thank you, whoever you are? Yes. The second single got to number 15, I think I said. It it's uh I think it's a bit underrated again I think it's I think is it I thought this was one of like the all time Marillion ne- favorites never gets played why in my head did I have it that it was one of the most played never gets played yeah I don't know because it it it's got all the sort of ingredients of a good Marillion song mm. you know the sort of soaring chorus I have to say I find the opening a bit sort of leaden and a bit kind of ploddy. And it, it feels like they're all playing their instruments with a shoe. Um, okay. <laughs> so it feels a bit, um, you know, there's the loose drumming, uh, which here, I think, at the start, anyway, it feels a bit clattery, like he's playing the drums on, like, a, a quality street tin. Oh, my goodness. Paul, that's so offensive. And, well, it's true. You get to the... No, cor- there's only one bit where I think it sounds like that, and it's about 3 minutes 14, where it, it there's a lot of clanging sounds. Mm. And I'm not the, the biggest fan of that part, but it doesn't last very long. The rest of it, I quite like. For me, it's all about the strings and the, that, you know, whether they're real strings, I doubt. I think that they're um, probably synthetic ones. But the only my only downside with that is that I do think the drumming slightly cuts through it a bit too much. And I want to hear the lushness here. I really want to hear this song mm. in a lush form. Yeah. Because it's a great song. Yeah, this one would really benefit from some lushing up. I have to say, I do love... There was um, a part around two minutes in where the guitar had... The guitar strumming had reverb added to it, and I thought that added a great atmosphere. Interestingly... It was, like, almost, like, wistful or sensual, the way that Rothers was playing the guitar. It was very Yeah, I was going to say, interestingly, it's my favourite Rothers performance thus far on the album. It's here, you know, there's a solo, and it feels like... Rothers being Rothers and let loose yeah. and not trying to sort of push himself into shapes that don't fit him. He's doing doing his thing here and it's great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, what I say is it's not like one, it's it's not one of the massive epics like Ocean Cloud or This Strange Engine or Invisible Man, but it's a really nice sounding song. And would I add it to a playlist? Maybe. I know, definitely, it's not a song I'd skip. Like, if it came on, no, no, no I way. wouldn't skip it. I'm not sure if I'd, like, search it out. Like, oh, I really feel like listening to Thank You, whoever you are. But if it came on, I'd let it play. Me too. Even though I'm not a big fan of the verses, but I love the chorus and yeah. the outro and I love the solo. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what do you think it's about? Well, there seems to be a similarity in it with See It Like a Baby, where it's talking about making the most of the present moment and appreciating who and what is in your life right now. And then with lyrics like, what a time this is, everything changing, faster than the eye can blink, faster than we can stop and think. What will the future hold? Well, whatever. That seems to show a kind of feeling of existential crisis that could be connected with the other half as well so kind of similar but different you know there's big changes happening Mm. we don't really know what the future is going to bring we're in unfamiliar territory which is scary but also exciting Mm. overall i can't figure out whether the song is about like one night stands or holiday romances and living for the moment, no commitment required. H says, I won't ask you to sign on some cold dotted line, but if you love me tonight, I'll remember the light, which I think also expresses mm. a vague insecurity oh. as well. So it's not necessarily saying that he fears the commitment, but perhaps he fears the other person he's with fearing the commitment. Wow. So I don't know whether it's about that, kind of like a fresh new romance, possibly holiday romance, or whether it's about saying to someone, look, forget what happened in our past. Don't fret about whether we have a future together or not. Just love me now, love me in this present moment, and we'll take each moment we have together one step at a time. Live every day as 
a series of present moments. But something I found interesting is that the song is titled Thank You Whoever You Are. So that makes it seem like it's not aimed at any specific person, but rather like some mysterious unknown person, mm. which I don't know if you have any clues about. I do. Oh, I okay. Have a direct oh, quote. Oh, cool. Yeah, because it's like, well, is he talking to his, his audience then? Let's find out. Mm. Well, do you want me to tell you? Yes, please. Um, I think you're right. H's explanation of, of the song. I think isn't the full story. I think you're right in that there is some of this song that's addressed to a lover or someone that he's involved with on some level. However, he says it was inspired by my own children. He says it was a little love song to my son who wasn't that old at the time. He was a baby. Now I got confused when I read that. I thought, is he talking about see it like a baby? Right. But apparently not. He said it was also inspired. There's a statement of thanks to people you haven't even met. So in that sense, it was aimed at our own fans. We're indebted to our fans. I mean, we're probably the band who know most of our fans. I recognise probably 30% of them if they pass me on the street because I'm so used to seeing them over the years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. He says, we have a very hardcore fan base. There is a lot of them, but we do get to see them fairly often. Over the years, you get to recognise the faces and you get to know a few. Some of our fans have become good friends. Some of our fans have even represented us in court. <laughs> We've what? got barristers and company executives amongst our fans now. They are occasionally a godsend. As our, I know we don't like to use the word fans, our audience, but as is ours on our YouTube channel and Beampod and our Patreon. Just to say thank you. We know who you are. Yes. And we love you. Yes. Really do. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and you know why at the moment, if anyone's on our Patreon, you know why we're thanking people at the moment. So, yeah, so there you go. He's claiming it's a song for fans. Hmm. But, you know, then there is the whole cold dotted line, just love me tonight. That does feel like that's aimed at a lover. Yeah. Should we move on? Yeah. So, Uh-oh. Um, when <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I, uh, hmm. I wasn't entirely listening to this not so long ago. Oh, I had the album on in the background and I wasn't fully paying attention and most toys came on and it literally made me jump. <laughs> <laughs> it literally made me jump. What? Are you serious? Yeah, I had headphones on and I jumped out of my freaking skin. <laughs> Makes me want to leave my skin too. Yeah. Oh no, I don't know how to approach this because... Uh, none of the adjectives I've used are very flattering look, towards the look, song. We, If anyone listens to this podcast from the band, it's Mark Kelly. He hates this, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> what if he just says he hates it because he doesn't want to say look, that he likes when it, I interviewed but he actually him, really... What if he really loves when, it secretly? When I interviewed him, I said I even asked him how to say it like most toys end up on an album. So we're all right. He knows how where we stand on it. Okay. Come on, you can do it. Uh, okay, just be, just be blunt. People want it, us to be honest. I find the song like pretty much physically painful to listen okay. to. It it takes all of my strength <laughs> not to press the skip button. It's so. <laughs> it's it's probably my least Marillion. Least favourite Marillion song. Your least Marillion favourite. It's my least Marillion song favourite. It's probably my least favourite Marillion song ever. Mm. I just, I I can't, I can't with it. I listened to it in full several times just for this podcast, but from this day forth, I never will again. Um, Yeah, it's, it's just so discordant. I feel like it does a disservice to H's voice. I don't know if it's like, Meant to be a punk anthem. <laughs> which is like, okay, fair enough. Someone it's in the band not... loved it, let's face it. Look, when I'm well, doing my research... Obviously more than one person loved it, because how did it end up on the album? From what I can gather, the two that love it are Pete and H. And I think everyone else isn't as much of a fan. So you can blame those two. I'm sorry, Pete and H. Uh, yeah, it's obviously... It's dreadful. It's it, dreadful. Is it your least favourite million song? Or is, do you have no. something? What, it's not. No. What's your least favourite? I don't know if I've got Stockholm Syndrome or what, but I actually grew to not hate it while, while researching for this podcast. I know I've kept that from you. 
You have. I grew to not hate it. I knew it. you were going to say that. I, I don't just know had a what feeling happened. you were going to say that. Well, I grew to hate it more. So there you go. We've balanced each other out. I don't know what happened. I've always thought it was the worst Marillion song. And I think. So what's your worst Marillion song? Wait now? a minute. Let me get there. I think objectively, it's the worst Marillion song. Yeah. However, it doesn't go as lo- on as long as some others that I also dislike. You can't do that. You I can't can do base- that. You can't base your opinion on the length of the song. It's three minutes. Doesn't outstay its welcome. It does. It doesn't outstay its welcome, whereas The Steamer does. Whereas Cathedral Wall does. No, no way. The Steamer, I would take The Steamer. I'd listen to The Steamer on repeat How can you say that? The Steamer, by the way, if you're new to this podcast, is is the song Holidays in Eden, which uh, is, is now only ever referred to as The Steamer on this show. I would listen to it on. I would listen to the steamer on repeat rather than have to listen to most toys. But I, I, look, what and ca- Cathedral Wall, <laughs> as time has gone on, I've kind of grown to like it more. So I don't understand it's what's a going song, on there. I think yeah, than this, but it's also longer, and I don't want to listen to it. Look, I, I don't know what I can say. That's why the skip button was invented, Paul. You I don't, don't need know to listen to more say. than the first two seconds it's it i found this getting stuck in my head and no. not hating the fact that it was i don't know you anymore uh, who are you what can i say it's it, it, it it's awful it's 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 a bad song it is a bad song with a horrible trite lyric that, <laughs> that thinks it's it's more deep than it actually is I thought it's is is it meant to be like an anti-capitalist anthem well apparently uh speaking of uh our famous podcast listener mark kelly hello mark he doesn't <laughs> listen paul he was just trolling you <laughs> hello mark uh see you in the charts um <laughs> Talking of him, his ex-partner, Angie Moxham, gave H some quotes, and among them was that he who dies with the most toys is still dead. And H thought, oh, that's a good lyric. So he based um, based the song around it. Mm. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's anti-capitalist. It's just saying, you know, you can waste all your money on stuff you don't need. You're still going to die. Yeah. It's, it's a bit bit of a bleak message. But, but he also says that it's poisoning your life. Yeah. To follow the trends, what's hip and cool. I don't know what more I can say because it's so short and it's so awful. I mean, I uh, agree with the sentiment of the song. Yeah. I'd just rather that sentiment had been couched in different music. I, I just haven't got a lot to say because it, it it's so bad and so... But also so short. It's like... um. It also feels like it's unfinished. It doesn't. It feels like an afterthought. I can't believe this is a finished song that they put on an album. But by the same token, neither was going under, and I love that. Yeah, you know, going under. Fish hadn't even finished the lyrics. He just waffled on the spot, and you know. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like anything about it, but also. Well, you just said it got stuck in your head, uh, and it, you weren't. Got and stuck you in my head. I didn't. That. I didn't. I, it was fine. It just it doesn't hang around. Yeah, wow. it, it it does it does its thing. It's like someone. Uh, well, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, you have to say it now. It's like someone coming and doing a big shit in your toilet, but at least they flush. <laughs> it, can you cut? Can you cut this next bit out? Because I really don't want it on well, the hang podcast. On. Wait a minute. What but, do you mean? No, because you talked over me, so I can't. Oh, I was wait. laughing. You talked no. over my laughing, so I can't cut it out. Okay, no laugh. <laughs> All right. No, I don't want to say it's so disgusting. Go on. It's like someone does it a stinky fart, and but the smell doesn't linger. It just yes, disappears quickly. It, it dissipates. <laughs> it's Whereas still a fart, though. The steamer, you, you know, you've got to break that up with a mallet. There's <laughs> no getting rid of that. It's like causing your wallpaper to peel. I'd rather have the steamer. Well, that's just weird. <sighs> anyway, most toys. Well, <sighs> we quick... never have to do this again. Here's I don't a... think there's any song... Well, I haven't I haven't listened to Happiness is the Road yet, but I would be willing to bet that there's no song that comes after this album that I will ever have to be that blunt about. There won't be, yeah, guaranteed. Thank goodness. The only way is up from here, folks. Well, you say that. I mean, I, I've got Thunderfly on Happiness is the Road that I really don't like. 
Well, you might grow to love it like you did most toys. I won't because it's longer. Oh, God. I love how you base your opinions on the length of a song. Yes, it's important. Okay, this is why the skip button was invented. You have no need to listen to more than two seconds of a song. You hear it's coming? Skip. Okay, but we can't do that because we're having to review the albums. We don't have that luxury. Do you know what? No, I, think, I don't. I what, think, what, what, that was a big pause. Yeah, do you know what? I think the potency of dislike for this song is so concentrated that even though it's shorter, it's worse for me. Okay, well, it's not for me. I have a question, though. Would you prefer this song if they changed the lyrics from most toys to the most pies? He who dies with most pies still dead. Still dead. <laughs> it's better, isn't it's it? Still fed. Yeah, it's still it's, fed. It's better, isn't it? If uh, it, if uh, everything was the same, but instead of most toys, it was most pies. I still wouldn't like it. <sighs> Philistine. Oh well. I think we need need to leave it there. Oh, we're going to leave it on a low, are we? This week. I know we wanted to get to somewhere else, which is obviously the best song on the album. Yeah. But fine, we'll start on a high next we'll week. We'll start on a high next week. If people still love us after we've been so... Oh, well, I've been so scathing No about... one likes most toys. You do. You've just said you like it. I didn't know. I didn't you say I like it. You said it got stuck in your head and you weren't mad at I it. I grew to hate it less. There's <laughs> 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 a difference. Yeah, that's... Oh, the... oh, that's what I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. How many votes has it had on the poll? Let's have a look. Let's see if they kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> Along with you. <laughs> well, I wasn't even let in to be kicked out. Yeah. The unwanted. Yeah, get, get rid of these Beyond Pop people. It's fine. I can just ask Mark now that I'm in a circle. <laughs> I'm, I'm like outer, outer, outer circle as far out oh. as you can get. <laughs> Sorry, I've accidentally clicked on John Mitchell. No, she hates most toys. She's definitely not allowed in the group. Right. Hang on, hang on. Why is this so slow? Here we go. Right, let's have a look. Let's look at these votes. Let's have a look at these votes. Right. Uh, if anyone voted for most toys, I swear I'm going to eat the microphone, no. uh, the, that puffy thing that sits on the microphone. <laughs> What's it called? Cat. A cat. A cat. Um, Drilling Holes, by the way, only had, uh, as only thus far on, this is Friday the 15th of July, Drilling Holes has only had uh, 31 votes out of the $19,000. So let that just be the end to Drilling Holes That's now. 31 people that would like to hear it played live, even though it, was, it has just been played live on the latest tour. Uh, how Can It Hurt only had eight. These are the low ones. Nothing Fills the Hole only has 12. But come on, it's a good song. But it, yeah, okay, it's part of something else. Uh, Beyond You's only had 105. God, these people. <laughs> Marillion fans are the worst. Don't say that. <laughs> See it like a, like a baby, only six. Um, oh, that's very that's low. Very low, but you know, I guess it's just not considered essential, is it? So I'm scrolling down. Um, throw me out's only had six. What's wrong with throw me out? God, paper lies only fifteen. Hmm. I hate to say it, but you know, validated. <laughs> uh, I'm going down. I'm trying to find it. It's a big long list because Meridian have written six thousand songs. Don't forget. Whoa. Not that many bubs. Don't take oh. me. Literally, I just called you bubs. Now everyone knows. Ah, oh, most toys. Yes. Do you want to guess how many votes? Well, I'd like it to be zero. But it's not. Oh, you're kidding me! People have actually voted for it. Yeah. I'm tempted to go and vote it just to annoy you. I won't. I wouldn't be able to see it, Paul, because I've been banned from the it's group. Fine. You might be able to hear it. Well, it? not banned. I haven't even been let in. Come on. What do you think? Five. Thirteen. Unlucky for some, yeah. That is very unlucky. Yeah. Thirteen Thirteen people people voted for most toys. More people voted for most toys. Oh, what was that? More people voted for most toys than see it like a baby. Yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Marillion fans are the worst. (laughs) I would like to know if any of our listeners like most toys... Could you please write in to us for our post-bag episode Yeah. and explain why you love it? Can I also say, those of you, and you can write in about this and explain why you're doing this as well, if any of you are doing this, on that poll, why are you voting for the songs that they've said they will play, basically the new album? They're, they're winning the poll. 
the, the an hour before it's dark songs are winning the poll. What is the point? Why waste your vote on songs that we know we're going to get? Oh, they've said definitely they're going to play an hour before it's dark. It's the hour before it's dark tour. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, vote for the other songs. Yeah, and don't... I mean, Neverland's doing really well, for pity's sake. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Neverland's a good song. Yes, it is. It's probably one of their best. But I'm sick of it. There's so many other good songs that as we've... I'm I'm sick, I'm repeating myself. Maybe people are getting confused and they think that they were voting for their favourite song rather than what songs shall we play on our next tour. (sighs) I'm not saying any more. Just throw my hands up. Throw your hat up. In resignation. Right, that's it then. Next week, we're going to start on a high. Yeah, we are. Uh, you can start writing into us for the uh, pedantity baiting letters page. Uh, <laughs> what are you writing, telling <laughs> We us? should get pedantity no. in to read the letters. <gasps> yes. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do All that. All right, we are. Okay, that's a promise. Um, we're going to try and do a pedantity post bag special for somewhere else. So if you want to write to us, beampod at gmail.com. The email address is also in the description as are other things. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Be safe. Don't melt this week if you're in the UK. Yep. Stay indoors during the middle of the day. Stay cool, cats. Yeah, that's cringe. (laughs) (laughs) It is really cringe. (laughs) Especially with the hand gesture that you did, which they didn't see. They don't need to see that. Yeah, you didn't need to make a wanker gesture out there. I didn't do that. that (laughs) right we'll talk to you next week bye